Hello and welcome to today's episode of Dr. Simone's Mindspace. I'm very, very excited to be together here with Kate. And I'm usually letting my guests be introduced themselves. So if you can just say a quick brief intro about who you are and um, yeah, then we get going about beauty yes. and our skin, <laughs> female skin. Um, yeah, so I'm Kate Ferguson, um, and I have been working in the beauty industry now in one capacity or another for about the past 20 years. And um, I'm currently uh, responsible for uh, creative direction for a beauty studio here in Zurich, and our main focus is on um, science-driven results um, and uh, natural ingredients. So specifically looking at products and services that um, are uh, effective uh, and based upon actual research and also what impact that those products and those services have on the environment, the people, and the planet, um, generally speaking. <laughs> Wonderful. So thank you for, for the quick intro i'm really really interested in listening to your experience when you meet your clients that are i assume predominantly women who come to for treatments and when we talked previous to the podcast you shared a little bit about the the way you see skins and the different impacts of, of whatever they they may be on the skin and how you can actually help the women understand better what their problem may potentially be based on looking simply at their quote unquote simply it's not yeah. so simple but looking at their skin and observing it while, while doing your your treatments yeah so I think there's a difference uh, for me uh, philosophically between what the beauty industry has sold us as a beauty standard and as, as practices um, and actually skin and skincare and what that means for the body um, in, a, in a complete and total sense. So skin, which is this really amazing organ, um, it's also, you know, just even the way it's formed in utero, where you have the brain, the gut, and the skin are all formed out of the same cellular material. Mm -hmm. So with that as just a starting reference, how that's all connected to one another. And, right. and skin, although it's now been de downgraded it's no longer our largest organ as of 2019 that's actually interconnective tissue um is the sort of the organ that does the most amount of communication mm -hmm. uh internally and externally um what an interesting point and yeah you never really think about it in that sense but of course it is right? yes yeah. yeah and so i think what or in particular what it is that i've always tried to do is, is look at the the bare bones facts about how skin functions, how it works, and then minimally how with product you can help someone achieve a, a good sort of um, homeostasis vis-a-vis -vis their skin. Um, I like to joke with clients in particular that typically your body is more intelligent than your intellectual mind. Um, mm -hmm. So if I'm 
looking at someone's face, uh, if they're speaking to me about what's going on in their life, that all factors into A, what kind of treatment that would be and what kind of products would be appropriate at that time, which of mm -hmm. course, based upon circumstance, based upon nutrition, based upon hormones, um, all can vary throughout our, well, it all does vary throughout our life, throughout our cycle, mm -hmm. um, throughout stressful periods. And so how to really support someone um, holistically in that sense. Right. Yeah. I do remember very vividly when I studied at Columbia University in New York, um, a program on parent-infant psychology, mm -hmm. how... Uh, a lot of children with rashes and eczema actually not have an eczema because of medical reasons, but more that there is an issue between the relationship with the parent, a stressed parent, or like an over-caring or under-caring parent, and that it reflects on the skin. And then we treat it with all these medical creams and everything but we don't really look or pediatricians or, or nurses they don't really look at the source of why there is this eczema and I think it was a very for me that was very very interesting because as we know when we're stressed we get breakouts and if we're stressed our skin turns red or yeah you you know better from your from your um, yeah and it's it's so well yeah and it's so Fa for me it's it's so fascinating to be able to to watch or to to be with women and and help guide them for extended periods of time vis-a-vis mm -hmm. -vis skincare because although we think of it as something that's very superficial um it's usually if we have a problem with our skin that's the impetus to get help Mm -hmm. And typically, if it's a skin problem, there's never just a skin problem. Mm, such an interesting point. There's almost always, if we see something on the skin, yes, of course, you can have just a basic skin problem in the sense that you're using products that are incorrect and you've mm -hmm. caused your skin barrier to be damaged. Um, that's a very easy fix. Mm -hmm. um, but if you look at just, for example, like the example you used of like, breaking out when mm. we're stressed out there's biological reasons for mm -hmm. that um and then also just how we we feel your skin and i i think this is so interesting that in particular when we see when we see skin rashes when we see things on the face we are much more likely and prone to actually search for a solution quicker Mm -hmm. because of that communication element of the way in particular our face looks the way the skin right. on our face looks mm -hmm. it's um it's sort of like biological signaling to one another right um and to ourselves i often joke with younger clients that if you and i mean it's a crude joke but it, it illustrates the point which is if it's not coming out of your ass it's coming out of your face mm -hmm. um if there's something in the gut that's wrong, if our cortisol is too high, um, you know, your body has picked this perfect place where all your sensory organs are that you're constantly confronted with the issue mm -hmm. until you have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And there's, I don't know, any other organ that will give you that direct, that quick feedback. Right, and of course also our skin and our facial expressions are so, so crucial for, for recognition and even the smallest 
child just born recognizes the facial structure of an, of an adult, of a human being and the smallest changes in the facial structure are actually noticeable very very quickly from us humans because we're so so prone to to understanding those structures so if there is some rash in your face or acne or even just a redness or something that is already like so observable because of that yeah and i mean i that's the reason i've always been so interested in facial massage Mm -hmm. um just because if you think about it as as an organ and anatomically it's so fascinating that everywhere else on our body we have functional muscle muscle which is actually hooked into bone Mm -hmm. um you know which allows you to stand which allows you to flex a bicep um and of course we have all this functional muscle within the framework of our face but we have this extra sort of superficial layer of muscle and i say superficial in air quotes because actually it's keying back into this communication system that we have with one another that's Mm -hmm. so subtle Mm -hmm. um yet so important so subtle i think it's very important to mention it's so subtle but it yet is so important and it's everyone is immediately understanding it yeah and what i find really interesting and i got to observe this growing up with having an autistic sibling who does not understand facial expression um when that sort of basic communication system isn't understand or the the basic sort of info isn't uploaded into someone's sort of um brain how deeply that affects how communication works yeah yeah Um, absolutely and i think this is very interesting in today's society where we have all these zoom calls where i think um i didn't do any research on it but that we have this delayed um minimal response because of the internet is not being as fast as it should be to have an exact one-on-one minimal response feedback and then miscommunication is happening because you don't get the nodding and the facial the gaze exactly correct or you look somewhere else not exactly in the screen or you look too much in the screen or just at yourself yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah yeah i think that's that's super interesting and um that you mentioned that i found that at the beginning of the pandemic also quite difficult when i started a new job and it was in lockdown in zoom and I think just through doing so much facial therapy and facial massage, I'm sort of hyper aware of um, facial expression. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when you have someone lying on a table in front of you, you determine how quickly um, or how slow a massage movement is going to be based mm-hmm. upon, you know, just the sort of subtle fluctuation of an eyelid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have that sort of flight or fight response, which is so high tuned mm. that someone needs to relax enough in order for you to get a hand close to their face, right. um, it makes you very aware of expressions. And I found that so difficult when engaging with people who I'd never had any contact mm. with before in a work setting. Right. Um, I had a lot more difficulty being able to read the emotion mm-hmm. in the in the, the, zoom, in the room. zoom room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would like to go back to, to what you said about the facial massages mm-hmm. because I'm I'm a big, big, big fan of facial massages. That's my, my to-go-to yep. place when I want to relax is, is doing a facial, not necessarily for the only for the, the, the beauty 
products, but more for the massage part. Yep. And I've been recently in your amazing facial, and you know, I several people were like, "Ah, oh, you look really good. Your skin looks really good." And I was like, "Yeah, it felt really <laughs> good." You know, normally when you do a facial, people don't don't necessarily tell you that yeah. um, but it was interesting because I didn't say to anyone that I was done. doing a facial or that I did a facial so it was really interesting so there must have been some kind of secret with you it's not a it's not <laughs> a secret and I wish that there was more research into this in particular in in the beauty industry but what's so interesting and if you think about facial expression um, because we're always making the same facial expression that's going to sit into your face over a lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, and what is really interesting is I was looking at, this was a, a few years ago when I really started getting very interested in massage and temple yeah. massage, um, where I ended up watching and re reading several research papers um, from neuroscientists, and it was specifically looking at touch and touch neurons in mm. our skin. So it goes back to the whole thing of like, you know, that your, your brain, your gut, and your skin are all formed out of the same cellular material. So the neurons in your skin function very similar to the neurons in your brain. They just function much, much slower. Um, so actually it's been interesting to look at the studies where they've put someone in MRI and based upon like the tempo of touch, what effect that has and what parts of the brain light up Fascinating. Um, and then also checking afterwards to look at you know cortisol um, mm. and dopamine and essentially what you do and if you can do it well enough and have practiced well enough is if you get into that same sort of tempo that the neurons fire in which you typically have like eight to ten seconds you know sort of per stroke that you can actually start to affect cortisol and actually affect dopamine production and the dirty secret that estheticians won't tell you and what's marketed as the industry is that in a facial the products that you're using at the time don't particularly matter um there's in a one and a half hour time space, the products actually aren't going to do, you know, rocket not, science. Yeah, it's yeah. not. There's no. Yeah. There's no such thing as a wonder cream in a jar. There yeah. is no hope in a jar. Yeah. Um, and so it's always my goal to meet a person at the place that they are, um, and then really sort of base the treatment around that mm. and the massage style mm. around that. Um, and it's also, of course, you know, we, we're not talking just about muscular massage. We're talking about lymph massage, which is essentially yeah. what makes people look better after Absolutely. you've taken care of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, this this was really fascinating. It was almost like a, like a micro study, right? Yeah. And it's like, and I, I'm a, I've, I've been doing many, many facials. This is not the first one. I'm doing one every other month at least yeah. uh, be, because I appreciate it so much. And I also have done... Ayurvedic face massage, which I greatly enjoy too with mm -hmm. this oil, but 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 um, the the feedback, yeah, that was yeah. really cool. <laughs> it's very <laughs> random, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it was immediately after, like the day of the facial and the day after, and you don't usually look that brilliant after a facial <laughs> yeah. because of all the <laughs> sort of ways you poke, you, you got poked in your face, face, right? So yeah. What's interesting but, yeah, is I've noticed that so much more this year in particular, and I think 
for example, at the beginning of the pandemic when we talked about um, skin or hunger touch. Yeah. Um, when there's such little physical contact between yeah. people, how much more surprisingly away when people are able to receive physical touch, how much more of effect it's had to a certain That's extent. so interesting. Yeah. It's fascinating yeah. that you're saying that because... Um, to me, as a researcher and, and, and as a psychotherapist, the, the human touch is obviously very, very, very crucial yep. for early development in the sense of containment and, and, and soothing and, yep. and emotion regulation. And, and the fact that we did not have the, the human touch, many of us, or yep. had too much. So it's obviously to find the right balance, balance. of how much touch and that if you do get the right touch state it in a in a romantic relationship or in a soothing comforting way um the sensuality and we a colleague of mine who is a sexologist and i had two podcasts on the topic of sensuality and sex and how important the the human touch is or the physical touch is for for that um it's it's also as you say very very important for for us just for for um releasing oxytocin and and um feeling happy Happy. yeah right um and and at the same time yeah that there is obviously also a way of touching that is not good that is too much that's Um, also it's it's very interesting that you mentioned that because i've sort of tried to integrate um that sort of concept of touch and um into facial massage so what i've always found really fascinating and why i find facial massage for me personally and for a lot of um, clients is more relaxing than say a full body massage Mm -hmm. is because like you were saying it's sensuality i don't know besides uh, the context of a romantic relationship or, or a sexual relationship there isn't really any cause that anyone else touches your face mm-hmm. um so it's already just at the minimum it's already a very intimate act to exchange mm-hmm. that with someone else um so and not something that we would do on a daily basis so i've always sort of integrated into massage techniques as well as opposed to approaching and touching someone's face directly mm-hmm. um the same way like a, a loving mother would do with a child taking my my hands and running them through someone's hair mm-hmm. um before i even touch their face just to let their nervous system settle for a moment um and that That's way beautiful. you're getting implied consent before you start touching someone's mm-hmm. face um and and you get a, a much better sense of yes or no are they open to it are they not open to it um do you also see men i do um men i find interesting i mean one on uh, on one hand they have a very different skin structure Mm -hmm. than we do Mm -hmm. and on the other hand um because it's something culturally that men don't do as often or in particular Mm -hmm. in the west they seem to be emotionally a lot less comfortable just Mm -hmm. to relax into the process Mm -hmm. um men always more than women will speak the entirety of a treatment time they seem to be sort of more interested in the nuts and bolts and when i say nuts and bolts i mean more like the what are you doing now Mm -hmm. why are you doing it Mm -hmm. what's the effect going to be 
um, which has been really interesting they're to observe. They're still a bit like um, their, ten- their body tonus is, their, their tension is still there, right? There's a little like, they can't really relax fully because they, that's sort of the, the cultural norm that you're not doing it. And so maybe it takes more time for them to come into the... That could be, I've, all, I've thought about it often and I've also sort of thought if, if we look at sort of just like the way men are expected to be or cisgendered men are expected Mm. to behave in society Mm. um and then to sort of flip that script Mm -hmm. on its head within the fact that i'm asking you to take off your clothes lie down Mm -hmm. and i'm in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. of what the sensual experience Mm -hmm. is going to be like for you um i think it to a certain extent takes away a bit of that control which is why they're always so interested in knowing what it is i'm doing and why very 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 interesting wow but i still wish more men would also do facials because Mm -hmm. i think it would maybe relax the society (laughs) a little bit if we if we all would would do it because it is i mean there's personally there's no other way that calms me down as 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 immediate as as a facial massage yeah there's nothing yeah and i i also find that you know, of course, there's a lot of things that go into it, which is also the amount of nerves that we have in our face, proportionally. Sure. Um, sure. The amount of lymph nodes that our body has between our armpit and the top of our head is proportionally more than we have between, you know, the armpit and the, the ankles. Um, so you sort of see where the body places all this emphasis on mm-hmm. having an immune system such, and such having, having support. Um, if I, you know, if we think about a face, um, and in particular, if you take it back to little children, all your sensory organs are contained within your face. I mean, small children, before they can use their hands, are putting everything in their mouth. Of course. That's how exactly. they experience touch experience in the world. Touch. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. No, it's so fascinating. When you, when you um, do these treatments, how often do you suggest somebody to come? Is that, is that sort of, is there a rule of thumb or is it more dependent on the, the person's needs? So it's dependent on a lot of things. Um, so I sort of like to break it down into categories, which is if someone comes to me with a skin problem, um, that'll sort of look at more individually what a treatment uh, protocol would look like um, just because for example if it's based on hormones um, and we're having you know a woman who for example early to mid 30s has stopped taking birth control and then all of a sudden has an acne that she never had before that is something that needs more sort of acute treatment plan mm-hmm. to get it from point A to point B in a quicker fashion Whereas if someone has a normal functioning skin barrier, um, really once once a season and, and in tune with the seasons, so fall, spring, winter, where mm-hmm. actually the needs of our skin, it, what we need for products changes. Mm-hmm. So I That's get a good. That's a very interesting point because like living in different places and then having a skin routine, mm-hmm. I I did notice that my skin 
reacted and started breaking out here in Zurich yep. because it's very much more humid compared to Scandinavia where I am in Stockholm at times and yeah. so I was like oh yeah I, I know it but then at the same time I still didn't know until <laughs> it was too late right yeah so it's kind of interesting which is exactly it's like the seasons Since, yeah I'm going from the winter or polar land to to more springy Zurich and and I have this situation with the skin yeah Yeah, well, it just goes back to the body being as intelligent as it is. If we look at, like, sebaceous fluid, which is actually, I mean, I know that oil and facial oil has been vilified for years and years and years, but it's actually this protective layer. Um, And that changes based upon how much vitamin D, a.k.a. how Mm. much sunlight we're receiving on any given sort of time. So I also like to joke a lot of the time there's a reason that we all have a summer glow and we don't have a winter glow mm-hmm. and that's based entirely just upon the way that our skin reacts to having more sunlight on a mm. regular basis or less sunlight um, fascinating do you have any sort of tips for for listeners like some beauty tips they can do themselves and and maybe also yeah we'll, when would be a good time to to book an, a, a treatment what kind of a mindset you should be in or what kind of a part in your hormonal cycle as a woman you could be in or or for men in in which period of the time of the week they should come to to relax when they're so it's actually um sort of slightly different for men and women that's also based upon the way that our skin um functions differently So for women, if we're talking about hormone cycles, I tend to like to take a look at skin sort of at the beginning of the cycle before ovulation and also typically around menstruation Um, because uh, we know that estrogen actually plays a role in sort of protecting, having an anti sort of acne effect on the skin. Mm -hmm. So that's also, for example, why a lot of women will notice before their period that they're getting a pimple or Mm -hmm. two more than they would otherwise. Mm -hmm. That gives me, if I'm able ideally to do both, that gives me sort of a reference point Mm -hmm. to know which to cut down through the middle to see which product would work best the entirety of the month. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's a man, I actually typically tend to suggest later in the day as Mm -hmm. they have a 24-hour hormone cycle Mm -hmm. and as testosterone's sort of gone down towards the Mm -hmm. end of the day, Mm -hmm. I get a clearer picture of what that sebaceous fluid will look like. Interesting. And then vis-a-vis just tips for skin, there's so many things that we can do on our own. There's so many things that we can do on our own that don't cost money. Mm -hmm. Um, So, for example... As sort of quaint as it sounds, five-minute meditations a day actually are proven to give your skin a glow um, Mm -hmm. because it's actually your brain function, it's your gut function, which all affect how we look and how we feel. Um, Or, you know, what I always joke with people all the time is that we live in a society where we over-clean ourselves. we're constantly stripping the skin of its barrier function right. and therefore right. needing to buy more and more products to yeah. fix the problem that we've created mm-hmm. in the first place. Yeah, I, I remember one of my very close friend's mother is a um, dermatologist and she really said, like, we shower so way too much. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't shower even every day. We should shower less and that we wash away our whole... Uh, microflora in our skin by constantly washing yeah it's um 
it's incredible um, also to see uh, from just a product standpoint, I have seen so often that the skin has become so damaged from over cleansing mm-hmm. um, that essentially I end up playing mean mommy with clients who are doing a 20 to 30 skin step routine and taking away, you know, quote unquote, all their toys mm-hmm. and cutting <laughs> cutting that down to an absolute minimum of product because also... I think what we don't factor in a lot of the time is how products interact with one another. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're so, so busy... What, you would, what would you suggest then as a sort of a morning routine? Which How does yours look like? So my morning routine um, doesn't look like a lot, actually. Um, Good, because I love to have this <laughs> as minimal as possible. <laughs> the minimalist approach. Yeah. So I also joke, for example, that if you've cleansed your face properly in the evening and you have clean pillowcases and haven't done anything super wild in bed during the night, then you're good to go in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, you know, at a a very maximum amount of work that I'm willing to do in the morning vis-a-vis my face, that is perhaps splashing it with a bit of water. and that would be it. Um, and then you add your, your so, yep. skincare. So then I add whatever skincare I'm using at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my routine tends to vary much more than everyone else's because I'm testing so many products. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, just generally speaking, it's super, super minimal. The least amount of, and even as someone working in the industry, I maybe have a grand total of four to five products mm-hmm. at any given time in the medicine cabinet. Very good. Hey, that's been so fascinating and interesting to talk to you. And I think there's been so much new, inspiring, thought-provoking aspects that I've learned through you that I hope that our listeners will also be able to, to incorporate and take care of their skins. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. <laughs> This is wonderful. And if anyone has comments, please feel free to get back to us, and I'll share your Insta in the in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Thank you.